The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Finnegal TD former Minister Richard Bruton yesterday confirmed that he will not contest the next general election. The long-serving Dublin Bay North representative, first elected in 1982, has thanked voters for the trust they have shown him while serving in their area for over 40 years. Now, Richard Bruton is the chairman of the Fine Gael Parliamentary Party, former deputy leader, and he served in several cabinet roles, including most recently Minister for Communications, Climate Action and Environment. And Richard Bruton is with me in the studio. Richard, good morning. Good morning. Thanks now, before we me. talk about why you're going and uh, what's the rationale and what your greatest hits were, um, let's hear from some of your constituents and what they thought of you. He'd always be seen. He was always visible. He'd come around, not like others. They'd come for your vote and you wouldn't see them again. <laughs> yeah, I'm not giving out about them, but they do. He was a man that would be involved. Would you wish him the best of luck, so? I am not a political animal, but yeah, I would, of course. Yeah, yeah. His brother was the teacher, John Bruton. And he did, they did okay, you know, during the time. I think since the early 80s, so he's done his thing. Exactly. I think he was elected in 82 or 81, around that time, so... He's done his time. Yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. Met him coming around our road a lot. My mum had an issue with her pension that um, she never got a pension, even though she worked with whatever way it worked between leaving to get married and she, if she fought it all her life. And at first he, pro- he promised her the world and then when he called and saw her, he used to run down, <laughs> run away. But look... You know, a lot of politicians are the same, I think. Yeah, they all but, make their um, promises. Yeah, yeah they yeah. all make their promises. But, like, he's a pleasant, pleasant man, you know. So. Yeah. And do you think he's kind of done his time? Uh, think he's yeah. Done his I think he's he has. 41 years gone now, I think. So he's, yeah. uh, he's well done his time, you know. Yeah. But he was a good local politician for our area anyway. He'd, he'd get things done. Uh, local footpaths and stuff I mean he would follow up and stuff and get back to you so uh, yeah no no good luck to him Richard Bruton regardless of anything else has been a dedicated public service for many many years and that's commendable Um, but you know political careers come to an end people decide to to step out and that's valid and I think it's probably also to do with a a kind of sea change in general public opinion the wind seems to be blowing in Sinn Féin's favour there is likely to be a change in government next time you can kind of feel it uh, that people are a little bit fed up with the current kind of uh, state of things people are looking for a bit of change he's done his work very good worker very good politician a bit of a do-gooder his personality is a good personality he's a guy who knocks on doors and he does the work and there's no shadow about that but we need change so time to move on do you think that Fine Gael are in trouble when it comes to the next general election without a shadow without a shadow um, I think the refugee situation is unacceptable I think the social welfare stroke hap situation is unacceptable I think it's been managed poorly the housing situation in this country is just off the charts um, there's a kind of a socialist movement building behind that they haven't managed that situation terribly well that old style of politician might be dying off now simply because their policies have kind of ostracised and frustrated people at this stage so yeah the knocking on the doors doesn't work anymore plus social media and all the other good stuff has taken on that role you know some of the constituents of Richard Bruden uh, talking to reporter Aoife Kearns uh, yesterday well now uh, Richard good morning good morning so why now 
Well, I suppose I'd love to do another 40 years if I had had it in me. But the reality is, you know, I've, I've uh, you have to look, there's another five year commitment. Um, I'd want to do politics when I have the energy and ambition for it, not when I'm, you know, in declining capability. So this is a good time, new constituencies with lots of good people in the constituency to take on the role. Uh, so I think it's a good time to go. Do you have an obvious successor? No, we have four councillors and they all, uh, and a local area rep, and they all could uh, fill my shoes. They're all excellent people. Uh, obviously, the, the people of Dublin Bay North will have to decide who and so on. Now, you heard in the Vox Pop there that as some people suggesting you're going, well, the going's good. That, you know, the suggestion implicit in some of their remarks, you'd be turfed out the next time anyway. I don't think anyone could say that after 41 years that I'm sort of getting out on a whim. Uh, you know, I fought very difficult elections for Fine Gael. I was one of only three who survived in the 2002 election. And within less than a decade, we were back almost with an overall majority. So, you know, politics goes up and down. Uh, but I have great confidence in Fine Gael's capacity to manage change. And if I look at my own period, Ireland has changed out of all recognition in the last 40 years in social terms, in economic terms, constitution. Uh, it's a much better place to live, much more open society, much more tolerant, much more self-confident. Uh, and I think, you know, some of the period, half of that time I was in government in some shape or form. Uh, and I think we've contributed a lot mm -hmm. to that change. Uh, but, you know, politics is always you've the test is whether you're fit for the next challenge. And I think that's what, yeah, and, what and uh, signing up for a new uh, Doyle term w or uh, would be five years, uh, you know, in, in the normal run of things in recent years. Now, we had periods of great turbulence when we had, what, three elections in 18 months. Uh, but that was then. Uh, this is now. Um, looking back on your time, what do you think are your achievements? Well, I was very privileged to be in government over the last decade since 2011 in three departments. Uh, and I suppose having a strategy for jobs at a time when unemployment hit 15% was really important and we over-delivered on that. I suppose in education, I again set a strategy to have the best education and training system in Europe and I think we've made massive progress and that continues to be made. Uh, and in climate, um, you know, we were laggards uh, and I put in place the first serious uh, strategy to address uh, the climate challenge. Now, we've an awful long way to go on that, but uh, I think the approach that I put in place then is still, you know, broadly the approach that's now being mm. followed, but we have to, you know, have greater ambition. So, you know, I think I had the chance after you know, considerable experience working in the trenches, if you like, to, you know, use the experience uh, to mobilise change in those departments mm. at a time when it was needed. When you uh, were first elected in 1982, it would have been unthinkable that Fianna Foyle and Fianna Gael would be in government together. That's a massive change. It would, yeah. No, in those days, you could... The, the big parties probably polled 80% of the vote. Um, you know, that, that's completely changed now. We have a much more uh, fragmented politics than we did then. Uh, but that's a, a, as it is. You know, I think, you know, most European countries are seeing, you know, mixtures of coalitions forming and reforming. And I think that will continue to be a feature. Does it make government very difficult, though? I don't think so. Like we, I remember when we into, went into government with John as Taoiseach after um, you know we had the Democratic left, Labour, and Fine Gael, and everyone said, "No, that the, the you know oil and water won't mix. That'll never mm. work." It was perhaps the the most stable uh, government that I, I was a, a member of. You know, uh, there was a lot of. But generally, common. the voters like turkeys don't vote uh, for Christmas. They don't vote for their own. Uh, 
punishment. So any time you want to do something, the property tax was a classic example. Now, maybe it was handled rather badly. Uh, Phil Hogan was the man uh, initially uh, in charge of it, I suppose. Um, but, you know, people won't vote for uh, new taxes. We put governments in to do things to us that we prefer not to do, but we know at the end of the day might be good for us. Yeah, I think the truth is that, you know, politics is much more a business of emotion than rational, weighing up the evidence and seeing what's the best route. Uh, so, it, you know, you after what we've now had four crises in a row, if you count Brexit, COVID, Ukraine, the financial crisis, people are, you know, carrying wounds from that. Uh, and that does affect their perception of, of, of the people who have been in power. And uh, I think that's that's I- inevitable. But, you know, I think at election time, it gets a little bit more, uh, you know, a little of the emotion d- and people look at the options more carefully. Uh, so I still think that's the issue. You know, who's but do, best do, do governments inevitably run out of road? That, you know, you've been around uh, in, what, two go- two different uh, governments that were in power for quite a long time. And, you know, people just say, well, we've had enough of them, almost irrespective of whether you did a good job or a bad job in various elements of government policy. And we can talk about failures like uh, not delivering sufficient housing to allay the crisis. Uh, but that just, you know, you're, you're, you've no longer a welcome on the mat one way or the other. Yeah, I mean, I think there is a little bit of that and I think politics is changing with, you know, there's no doubt that when I entered politics, you'd have had four pages of news reporting on what, what happened in the doll the previous day. Now politics is much uh, more, um, you know, it's punch and duty reporting. It is, you know, it is the dramatic few words that people say that get reported. And I think that has bred a sort of a more binary politics, more... Uh, more angry politics, people are in their capsules. And I think that that is a, a reality. But of, you've got politics. Twitter politics as well. Twitter right? politics. And, you know, looking around the globe, you do see the rise of populist parties. You see people making very instantaneous uh, decisions about uh, leadership or big decisions like Brexit. I think that's a challenge for politics. You know, we have to find a way of, of engaging with, with constituents in a more, in a better way than we are. Um, uh, and, you know, one of the things that I am pleased to have set up within our own party is what we call a policy lab, which tries to engage with people on serious issues that are going mm-hmm. to be, you know, the transformational changes that are coming at us. I think, you know, politics needs to find a, a new way of engaging with people. Uh, I think it's not enough just to wait five years for the next uh, poll. Yeah. Uh, and I think that is a challenge for, for I politics. I mean, is, is it to do with the attention span of maybe particularly younger cohort of voter um, based on their experiences on on TikTok and on other social media platforms, I, everything is in bite-sized pieces. Yeah, I think so. And people are getting used to just ticking likes and, you know, that is, politics can be a bit more complicated than that and you have to try and find a way of talking to people about these issues uh, and listening to what people are saying. And I think, you know, We've lost a bit of that and I think we have to find new ways of doing that. I think the Citizens Assembly is one innovation that's come in over the last few years and I think it it is innovative and has been a factor in some very significant changes that we've made in this country. But the difference being that the Citizens Assembly over a period of uh, several months 
actually devotes quite a lot of time to debating uh, a single issue. Yeah, they get into the detail and then they present the Oireachtas with proposals. Now, obviously, uh, the tyres have to be kicked on those proposals mm. and that's as it should be. The Oireachtas has a very important role in sifting through this, but it has been the momentum for change in climate, in constitutional change, uh, and there are other issues uh, ahead of us that mm. uh, no doubt they will play a role in. Um, you've served under a number of Taoiseach, um, both from your own party and, of course, uh, you've served under Mial Martin in this um, binary situation. Your favourite Taoiseach? Oh, well, now, I, now I, the brother I, cast aside. Let's I, put him aside because that... Uh, I, w- I wouldn't pick any... Each one of them had strengths and, and weaknesses. That's the reality. I mean, I served under Gareth Fitzgerald, who was an amazing vision. Uh, you know, he really mobilised people. Uh, I served under Enda Kenny, uh, who... You also time, opposed him. I did, but at a time when people needed someone who would um, be a team player, inspire confidence, be perpetually upbeat, uh, build a team around him, he was a great Taoiseach for his time. And Leo, I think, is you know, very thoughtful, thinks a lot about politics. So each one has had huge strengths. Uh, and I, I mean, you feel free to speak now. You're not, no longer beholden to exactly, any of them. No, but I, I know we all we all have uh, weaknesses and strengths and, you know, it's, I, I've enjoyed every one of them. Uh, obviously, Gareth gave me my first chance, mm-hmm. so you have to uh, recognise his, his uh, he, he set me on the road. Uh, going back to that time, I remember, you know, the flawed pedigree remark by Garrett about uh, Charlie Hockey. And uh, it's fair to say the two parties were at each other's throats a lot of the time and civil war politics was still very much alive. We live in a different time now, but I remember not so long ago talking to a voter in Cashel, I think it was, and uh, the idea of voting for Fine Gael versus Fianna Fáil or Fianna Fáil versus Fine Gael, uh, she being from the other party. And she said, I, I want to vote for them, but I don't think I could bring the pencil across yeah. <laughs> to that name. Now, that is probably, oh, that, if that, not that's, dead, it's dying. Yeah, entirely gone. I mean, I think nearly everyone is a floating voter to some degree. Uh, they might float uh, across the whole spectrum. Uh, I, but I think there are... The other feature is there are more people who would say, I wouldn't dream of voting for that party. Uh, I think yeah. politics has become a bit more binary. There are people who are just cancelled, if you like to use Now, the, you lived through the dark days of uh, the Troubles and, uh, you know, all the way up to the Good Friday Agreement and all the deaths and mayhem that happened along the way. Uh, what do you make of the rise of Sinn Féin? Well, uh, you know, at one level, it's it's good to see, you know, Sinn Féin has changed its approach to politics and that's something that was sought for a long time. I think, uh, was it, I can't remember who said Sunningdale for slow learners was uh, what had come in in the Good Friday Agreement. And, um, you know, so you you have to welcome the, the new approach. Um, the question I suppose that voters will have the next time round is, you know, are they the best party to manage what's going to be extraordinary transitional change over the coming years between you know, what's happening in Europe, climate change. You know, I think that's the choice. Um, you, it'll be no surprise for you, you to hear that I would say that, you know, our own party has been extremely good at managing those difficult turning points that have to be negotiated in, in politics. So uh, I think it will be game on in the next election as to which which direction uh, people want to go. But, um, you know, at another level, obviously, it's great to see that Sinn Féin is, uh, is participating fully in the elections and uh, the, the day of the, the Armalite in one hand is behind us. Yeah. And finally, then, the, the, there are failures. I mean, the 
inability or the, in, the the lack of capacity to build the number of houses that we need to actually bring a stop to the housing crisis. There are policy decisions along the way, but also the pandemic, I know, that got in the way of, of all of this. But um, there has to be a better approach to, to housing than the one we're currently adopting, which is by and large leaving it to the private sector. Well, I think that's an unfair depiction of what's happening. Like for the first time ever, we have um, a state developer in the Land Development Agency. They just, you know, in the last couple of months, they've announced in my constituency, they've acquired land to build two and a half thousand affordable homes. Uh, that's a big impact in a small, you know, in, in one constituency. So we have taken a very different approach under this government, you know, to, to housing with the strong state developer, a heavy emphasis on social housing, the development of affordable rather housing. rather late, and I, I, I know the pandemic is used as because there was a, maybe a two-year hiatus there, but still, no, I but mean, you have been to, in power a long time. You have to remember it was the housing crisis that brought the country to its knees and that's why we brought in you know we, we couldn't raise a shilling in in in, in lending we had to bring in the troika we had to go through a very difficult period we had to rebuild the economy uh, and housing was the most difficult because it was such a dysfunctional uh, model banking had been funding, it was debt funded. So we've had to build a new model and that has taken time. But, you know, the figures speak for themselves, like 31,000 homes built last year. We're, we're on track to do that again. You know, we have the highest social housing ever delivered in, in the history of the state. So, yeah, we haven't got there, but I think the ingredients are, are there for, 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 for the solution of the, of the housing crisis. Finally, Richard, um, you've been busy all your life. Um, you're now going to step down at the next election, whatever that might be. You'll keep busy, I presume, until then. Um, what happens after that? Well, I don't know. I mean, I'd, I'd like to continue to make some sort of a contribution in in the sort of public service arena. Uh, I'll have to decide over the next year and a half what that will be. Uh, but I certainly will be very keen to continue to take an active interest in civil affairs, so to speak, in whatever form that arises. All right, I'll read you some comments just to conclude. Uh, I'm a retired officer from Dublin City Council, the old corpo. I recall with pleasure my dealings with the then City Councillor Richard Bruton. Richard was a man of principle who stood by his word and handled confidential information in a confidential way. A thorough gentleman. Enjoy your retirement, Richard. That's from Kieran in Glasnevin. Another one, John Bruton is the only politician ever to call to my door. I, a great guy. I wish him well. And so do we. Richard, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk.